welcome to the WTJX newsfeed. In today's top stories, Department of Health officials say children have tested positive for lead and copper. The Virgin Islands Parole Board grants parole to 11 inmate applicants. Christiansted Road Repairs began today on St. Croix. These stories and more on today's WTJX newsfeed. From the Virgin Islands Public Broadcasting System Studios on St. Thomas, this is the WTJX Newsfeed with Marcelina Ventura Douglas. Welcome to the WTJX Newsfeed, bringing you the latest news and updates throughout our community. Department of Health Territorial Epidemiologist Dr. Esther Ellis shared the most recent results of the department's pediatric lead level testing. As of Friday, we've cumulative tested 1,270 individuals. Cumulative detected pending confirmation is 50. Confirmed lead negative uh, 44 and confirmed copper negative 43, confirmed lead positive two. So we have had two venous blood draws that did come back as uh, confirming lead in the blood for two individuals and then confirmed copper positive three. Dr. Ellis shared the effects of lead exposure. Childhood lead exposure can cause neurocognitive deficits, developmental delay, ADHD, kidney toxicity, and anemia, and higher exposures of lead can cause encephalitis, seizures, hearing loss, acute kidney injury, vomiting, and diarrhea. As we've been following road projects in the Christiansted Town area on St. Croix, progress, albeit slow, began today. Virgin Islands Waste Management Authority Communications Director Lerna Nichols-Minkoff shared the details. Right now, the VIWMA, uh, we're advising the community that on that today, actually, through Friday, December 29th, our contractor, Marco St. Croix, Inc., will mobilize equipment to begin performing asphalt paving on the uh, excavated trenches. Now, that's the new sewer line installation. It's on New Street, Queen Cross Street intersection, uh, to the Christiansted boardwalk. Tomorrow on December, Friday, December 22nd, it's going to be East Qu East Street, Queen Cross Street to Hill Street, Queen Cross Street. Vehicular parking will not be allowed in these areas and those day and on those days while the paving is taking place. And we apologize at Waste Management for the inconvenience. Project Manager Ron Phillips gave further insight into the sewer line replacement project. Well, what Marco is doing right now is that Marco is finishing up the line that's located on what we refer to as Peter Farms, Peter Farms Road, and Peter Farms Road is the road just west of the Christian Cemetery. And then what he's going to be doing is he's going to concentrate on doing the asphalt restoration for all of the roads that he's done. The one major road that he has to complete, but that's going to be done after the holidays, which is King Street, which is the main, the main tower freight coming into Christian the schedule for the road projects can be found at viwma.org or on the department's Facebook page. Throughout last week, the Virgin Islands Parole Board considered 24 parole applications and from those meetings have chosen to grant 11 of those applicants with parole. Those granted are Winston Georges, who was convicted of second-degree aggravated assault and domestic violence, Thierre Luis, convicted of third-degree assault and domestic violence, Lester Roberts, convicted of attempted first-degree murder and voluntary manslaughter. Kwanzaa Heath, convicted of unauthorized possession of a firearm, possession of ammunition, failure to report a firearm obtained or brought into the Virgin Islands. 
Callistas Etienne, convicted of unauthorized possession of a firearm. Jovon Myers, convicted of discharging a firearm within a thousand feet of a school and third-degree assault. Julian Vera, convicted of voluntary manslaughter, first-degree assault, unlawful possession of a firearm during the commission of a crime of violence, unauthorized possession of a firearm, and possession of an ammunition, as well as failure to report a firearm obtained or brought into the Virgin Islands. Carlos Acosta, convicted of second-degree murder and unauthorized possession of a firearm during the commission of violence. Edgar Ortiz Carmona, convicted of second-degree murder and unauthorized possession of a firearm during the commission of violence. Caleb Lopez Josu, convicted of second-degree murder and unauthorized possession of a firearm during the commission of violence. And lastly, Edgardo Ortiz, convicted of third-degree assault and possession of a weapon during the commission of a crime of violence. The board denied parole for 10 applicants and three chose not to appear. Recently, members of the Virgin Islands Government Hospital and Health Facilities Territorial Board approved several motions in anticipation of the closure of the Caribbean Kidney Center. As the closure of the center looms, we spoke with Hospital and Health Board Chair Christopher Finch. We have been ordering equipment and we have been um, renovating a space at, at Snyder Regi Regional to expand our current outpatient dialysis space to be able to accommodate more chairs, more machines. Earlier this year, lawmakers approved $700,000 for the struggling Caribbean Kidney Center, but funds only delayed the facility's imminent closure. However, there has currently been attempts to acquire the center. We're in very active discussions with, uh, with CKC, and those, those continue. That's really the best I can say right at this moment. Mr. Finn shared there has currently been no disruption to dialysis care. You know, it is a negotiation. It is a process that has, you know, many, many parts to it. But everybody is engaged in the goal that there should be no disruptions of care. The beleaguered Taxi Cab Commission appeared before the legislature to discuss a myriad of issues affecting the dysfunctional organization. A lack of funding was cited as chief among those items, according to Executive Director Vernice Gums. TCC's in-house counsel was in the process of revising the policies and procedures of the agency. However, due to delays in the processing of vendor payments by the Department of Finance, an in-house attorney has not been paid and has placed all assignments from the board on hold until payments are received. Their financial difficulties included lack of vendor payments and failure to pay property and procurement rent for their office spaces since 2016. Director Gums was not in support of consideration to move the Taxicab Commission under the Department of Licensing and Consumer Affairs. I truly believe that an opportunity should be provided to the Taxi Cab Commission through way of hiring the necessary staff and transferring the uh, pen and paper operation to a digital transformation and allowing the process to work before taking it over to whether DLCA or any other agency. Disorganization at the commission was further evident under questioning of the commission's chair, Loretta Lloyd, by Senator Novel Francis. 
I thought your documentation here that you provided us today, you know, spoke about that the handbook and the rules and regulation mm. seeking promulgation was sent to uh, Governor Brian on November the 3rd, 2023. Mm -hmm. Yes. Is that your testimony? That's, well, yes, it is. And now you're saying that you're going to take a look at them. So there was no look-see look of those before it was sent to the, the governor? Well, Senator, maybe we missed that, but uh, we, we were looking at them, and then we had other stuff that we were trying to do, you know, with the board, you know, to try to help the director, you know, get her feet back on the ground. So I apologize for that. Gums blamed the legislature's lack of funding, for the commission's lack of progress. A supplemental appropriation of approximately $500,000 will be required so that the agency may proceed with filling vacancies which are desperately needed for its effectiveness and payment of outstanding obligations. Senator Samuel Carrion, however, was not having it. So within your testimony, you said that the lack of budgetary support from the legislature has really affected but you know I really have a problem with that statement that you mentioned because you're challenged because the reality is we've invited the tactic cap commission to come before this body Time. we've tried we've had to suspend so many times because one sometimes there weren't any board members present you weren't able to testify so putting this burden on us as a body I think is totally inappropriate when uh, the taxi cap commission hasn't really been functioning you're listening to the WTJX Newsfeed. Double the industry standard. The Virgin Islands Water and Power Authority's Director for Water Distribution on St. Croix, Don Gregoire, revealed the authority is currently suffering from an estimated 37% of water loss. We spoke with Mr. Gregoire to explain exactly how the authority is losing that water. Uh, water loss is basically due to our aging infrastructure. Everybody knows that our pipes are very old from the 50s and 60s. Uh, leaks, uh, water theft, and also we do have some billing discrepancies. You know, as we, we our meters get older, they wear internally. So sometimes they tend to under-register. So those are some of the, basically, some of the losses that WAPA experienced into water loss that make the major contributing factors. He conveyed just how much that loss is costing the authority. You know, we, we have been doing a lot of rehabilitation efforts and we are focused on reducing the costs um, while customer service internal audit gets involved in improving our billing accuracy. Uh, monthly, we lose approximately $291,000 due to water loss, which is approximately 10% of our WAPA water budget. We pointedly asked whether the cost for the water loss is passed to the consumer. Customers do not pay for water loss. Customers only get paid for what is billed through their meter. So WAPA absorbs that cost of the loss. Mr. Gregoire gave further insight into whether water loss is a common part of operations. I've talked to several utilities and, you know, water losses is pretty much unavoidable. Um, it is common uh, with water utilities nationwide that operate a water distribution system, especially similar to ours. So on average, water losses for similar similar size, similar size to water size, uh, their annual water loss is approximately about 16% to 
average loss for St. Croix is about 35%. So we are above that average. You know, our goal is to get to that 16% national average. You know, and as we continue to do these rehab programs, um, you know, we're going to try to stay focused and, and try to make sure we try to hit that target. Uh, St. Thomas, St. John is, is lower. They're, they operate about 20% in terms of their losses. Moving forward, he explained the authorities' process in reducing their water loss. You know, WAPA has been doing rehabilitation projects, uh, especially on St. Croix, because, you know, that's where most of the age infrastructure is, um, you know, brown water. And, you know, we, recently we had some lead and copper issues. So our goal, you know, we've been trying to do as much rehab programs throughout our system, you know, address communities. Uh, we recently done Christiansted. Uh, we did Frederickstead. And we also securing funding through um, EPA, uh, the Safe Water Drinking Water Act, and that's that's issued through our local DPNR. So what we're going to do, we're going to do a, com a complete island-wide leak detection survey, so we can address these issues and see if we can, you know, narrow down that gap and at least try to get closer to what that national average is of sixteen percent. When we spoke with former Department of Planning and Natural Resources Commissioner Don Henry on the dangers of PVC piping as WAPA moves to replace public access water lines in their prudent replacement projects, she stated that residents should also be aware of the residential use of PVC pipes. If you are building a new structure, definitely now is the time to consider, especially for the piping that you'll be using for your cistern, to use an alternative to PVC piping. Some communities are looking to doing steel or copper. And I think that, again, that's something that WAPA needs to look into and investigate in terms of dealing with our climate, our terrain situation. Nothing is 100%, but we know that the data is showing that PVC piping is, is a material that's man-made and it's made from a bunch of chemicals. In more news related to the Waste Management Authority, Communications Director Ms. Lerna Minkoff shared changes regarding waste removal. We will be increasing the tipping fees uh, beginning January 1st, and uh, that's um, the solid waste tipping fees that are mandated by the Virgin Islands Public Services Commission, and they're assessed at solid waste facilities around the world to recover uh, the cost of managing solid waste uh, processing and disposal fees. The tipping fees also help pay for the cost of uh, waste disposal, uh, operations, equipment purchases, environmental mo uh, monitoring costs, etc. Uh, they're assessed at the three waste management disposal facilities. That's the Anguilla Landfill on St. Croix, the Bavonia Landfill on St. Thomas, and the Susanna Bird Transfer Station on St. John. She provided that rate change. The current rate for tipping fees now, I believe, is right around $3.50 per cubic yard. Uh, there's a lot of different prices with mixed materials, so it may not be exact, but the price uh, will be going up to $5 per cubic yard beginning January 1st. Uh, if anybody has any questions uh, about uh, that, they can call Mr. Floyd Saki. He's a solid waste director at uh, 340 6267768 or you can always contact me at the uh, Communications Management Center at 340-474-2811. And that's about anything uh, regarding the New Street, Queen Cross, 
intersection, you know, Christian said boarding, uh, boardwalk paving, or even with the tipping fees. Call me at any time. Delegate to Congress Stacey Plaskett convened a town hall meeting on St. John recently to discuss issues related to the national park. Her director of communications, Tioni Scotland, gave details on the outcome of that meeting. So during the town hall, um, she shared work being done through, you know, our most recent her most recent legislation, which is a bill to prohibit any federal land acquisition that would increase the total acreage of the Virgin Islands National Park on St. John. Um, and then also, I mean, so that's HR 3025, if anybody's interested in um, looking it up on congress.gov. The delegate's office is accepting comments to the proposed bill. Anyone who's interested um, in sharing any feedback regarding the National Park or anything, really, they can reach out. Of course, they can call our office. Um, our number is 778 or 340-778-5900 or 340-774-4408. Or if they want to put it in writing, they can email us at ask, so that's the word A-S-K, ask, dot Stacy S-T-A-C-E-Y, at mail.house.gov. The Department of Human Services St. Thomas St. John District offices will be closed tomorrow. Essential services, including the Meals on Wheels and Homemakers programs, will continue to operate as usual, as well as all 24-hour facilities under the department's purview. For assistance during the closure, contact the St. Croix office at 340-772-7100 or visit the department's website at dhs.gov.vi. The Virgin Islands Housing Authority will close its central offices located in the St. Croix District on Friday, December 22nd. The office will resume normal business operations on Wednesday, December 27th. The Advisory Committee of the UNP McFarland Environmental Leadership Award from the Community Foundation of the Virgin Islands announced the selection of Dr. Olasi Davis, Assistant Professor at the University of the Virgin Islands, for his work as a dedicated and passionate environmentalist. Well, I am um, a very humble person. The guy gets over 200 awards around the world. So I don't make a big thing about it, but my colleague and friend, <laughs> they, they let it No, last year, you have to really, I had to tell him, I just honor you, Bush. But they said, no, 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 you're not honor you're extra honor <laughs> So to me, it was a, a part of me, it was natural. It's nothing different. But to the community, it's a big thing to them. But to me, it's just like, I just love what I love. My job is a hobby. I just tell people all the time. Recipients of the McFarlane Award are recognized as individuals who have applied themselves to the preservation of the natural or built environment in the U.S. and British Virgin Islands, and who also demonstrate an appreciation of and support for the advancement of environmental stewardship and balanced development throughout the islands. Mr. Davis says it was important for Virgin Islanders to respect the environment around us. Without the environment, we cannot survive in terms of a tourist industry and other industry. We have climate change. I've seen places in Ireland disappearing because of climate change and the way how we build along the coast. And so the, the environment sustains us. And if we don't take care of the environment, we become an endangered species. And so we need to really educate ourselves when it comes to the environment. That's all we have to, for folks that come into the island to see, you know, our environment, not only natural, but also the cultural environment. So that's extremely important. As we make our way down the news feed, we turn to our regional report. 
A federal judge in Miami sentenced John Joel Joseph, a former Haitian senator, to life in prison for conspiring to kill Haiti's president, Jovenel Moise, in 2021. The president's assassination has caused unprecedented turmoil in the country. Joseph is the third of 11 suspects detained and charged in Miami to be sentenced. Wearing a prisoner's beige shirt and pants, Joseph was handcuffed and had shackles on his ankles as he listened to the judge's ruling while being seated next to his attorney. Speaking in Creole, Joseph asked for mercy and said that it turned out the plan got overwhelmed and out of hand, but it was never his intention for Moise to be killed. Federal Judge Jose Martinez handed down the maximum sentence at the hearing that lasted about 30 minutes. Since the assassination, Haiti has seen a surge of gang violence that led to the prime minister requesting the deployment of an armed force. The U.N. Security Council voted in early October to assist a delegation that would be led by Kenya. Kenyan officials told the AP News that the first group of about 300 officers is expected to deploy in February. But authorities are still awaiting the verdict in a case that seeks to block the deployment. A decision is expected in January. Residents can anticipate some scattered showers, but continue to enjoy the cool breeze. We're turning now to the territory's weather forecast. Here's the latest look at the short-term forecast for the Virgin Islands. I'm meteorologist Eric Weglars. The high surf advisory continues at St. Croix. We'll find mostly sunny skies area-wide. There is the chance for a scattered shower near sunset. Temperatures will hold in the middle 80s at St. Croix. Winds from the northeast at 5 to 10 miles per hour. At St. Thomas and St. John, a few more scattered showers are expected at sunset. Highs are a bit cooler in the middle 80s. Winds from the northeast at 5 to 10. Tonight, scattered showers will taper off to partly cloudy skies and then the chance for a few more showers after midnight. Lows fall back into the middle 70s at St. Croix. Winds from the northeast at 5 to 10. At St. Thomas and St. John, we'll find a few more showers late. Otherwise, it's probably cloudy. Lows back into the middle 70s. Winds from the northeast a bit stronger at 10 to 15 overnight. And Friday will feature a blend of sunshine and clouds at St. Croix. Temperatures will reach the middle to upper 80s. Winds from the northeast at 5 to 10 miles per hour. At St. Thomas and St. John, we'll find more clouds during the day on Friday. Scattered showers expected as well, especially in the afternoon. Highs will reach the middle 80s. Winds from the east-northeast at 10 to 15 miles per hour. More showers expected area-wide as we go into the weekend. That's the latest look at the short-term forecast. I'm meteorologist Eric Weglars. We are at the end of today's WTJX News Feed. I'm Marcelina Ventura-Douglas. Join me every weekday at 5 p.m. If you haven't already, be sure to download the WTJX app. And if you missed a part of our news, you can listen to it on demand wherever you get your podcasts.